At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Hornets. Rob Longo with you today following what is sadly a Silver Linings edition of the HHC. Charlotte's offense just could not get anything going in Brooklyn last night and fall 102-86. to It's the third consecutive game that the Hornets have lost. They now fall to 20-46 and on the season. We'll talk about this one, provide a recap of this one as well in our second segment. Of course, it is a Silver Linings edition. And more of the Silver Linings, or at least some discussion that we would like to talk about here on the third segment coming up here in just a few moments will be, where does this offense Offense go moving forward with LaMelo Ball out the remainder of the season. Obviously, he's been the engine of the offense when he's out there on the floor ever since he's been drafted here with the Hornets. Done a tremendous job with the offense. A little bit of tempo has lost, of course, and of course the scoring has lost a little bit of luster as well here based off of the scoring margins over the last couple of games. Helping me out with all these topics is the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley. Sam, of course, thank you for joining me here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. And I don't want to say this game was over early last night in Brooklyn. I mean, the Hornets did trail 70-41 to going into the locker room. Brooklyn built up a very substantial lead by as many as 37, but Charlotte fought back there in the second half. There's a lot of positives to take out of it. In that second half as well, you just kind of have to cherry-pick them a little bit just based off of the final score, but at the end of the day, Charlotte outscores Brooklyn 45-32 to in the second half. They shoot a much better percentage as well compared to what they wore through the first two quarters of action, so I guess it's all in the eye of the beholder, just kind of like how the old saying goes, but overall last night, just a very, very good performance by Mikel Bridges. He finishes with 33 points for Brooklyn, and Hornets just didn't shoot the basketball very well in the first half and dug themselves a hole early. Yeah, pretty close game. I want to say it was 19-18 or 18-17 Nets, and uh, the Nets just kind of took off from there. They closed the first quarter really well. I think they finished from like the 5-08 mark of the first until halftime, outscored the Hornets 51-24, to 
Uh, off the bat, it didn't really feel like defensively the Hornets were, you know, it felt more like the Nets were just shooting really, really well. They were getting really good looks. They were really moving the ball. Some of the stuff they just, you know, they were, the Hornets were guarding well, and they just couldn't get stops. I mean, that's really what it was, and that started to kind of level out a little bit. Uh, as the Hornets got into the second half, started to get more stops, leading to more transition opportunities, helped get their offense going a little bit. But it really felt like, like you said, the offense has never really got going. It's, it's been a little bit of a struggle here these past three games without LaMelo Ball. And, yeah, that, I mean, that's what it was. It didn't get a whole lot of turnovers, didn't get a lot of transition opportunities until they were down 25, 20 points late in that fourth quarter, too. So, like you said, I think there was some good stuff defensively. I think the defense, for the most part, was pretty good the entire game, save for maybe the first quarter where the Nets just were really sharp right out of the gate, especially Bridges. But, yeah, tough one offensively. I mean, you just when you score 86 points or 91, like the other night they scored against Phoenix, it's just it's going to be really, really hard to win games in the NBA unless you have just elite, elite, elite defensive performances from end to end. And that first quarter last night for the Hornets just dug them too deep into a hole and uh, just never recovered from it. And that's something that Steve Clifford talked about after the Phoenix game, saying that this offense isn't going to score 120, 130 points anymore. It's just not going to happen the remainder of the season with LaMelo Ball out. So they have to find different ways to win. They have to really rely on the defense in order to hold teams to a limit that they can at least reach offensively. And to backtrack a little bit here, when you take a look at the recap of last night's game, the Hornets led this one back and forth. There were two ties, four lead changes in the first five and a half, six minutes of the game, and it was close. And then that's when things started to really go awry as Brooklyn was able to build up a 36-21 lead after the first quarter because of that first quarter that Mikel Bridges had that we talked about 19 points in the first frame alone he was 9-9 from the field Charlotte shot just 36% here were the percentages for Brooklyn in the first half 57.7% shooting in the first quarter second quarter they shoot almost 45.5% so they're shooting around 52% through the first two quarters Charlotte was not even shooting 35% from the field in the first half alone but then you go to the second frame and I alluded to it a little bit the script kind of got flipped a little bit Charlotte outscored Brooklyn 45-32 to there in the second half. Charlotte shot 41%, and Brooklyn shot 25% from the field. It was a very bizarre uh, second half for the Nets. They just went stone cold. I mean, they were 2-17 from beyond the arc in the second half. In the first half, they were 10-26. So I don't know if they just kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit because they had such a substantial lead or what, but maybe it was the defense from Charlotte. And again, it's one of those things, maybe it depends on what side of the fence you're sitting on, which way you want to look at it. But at the end of the day, Men lie, women lie, numbers don't, according to Jay-Z. You had to throw in a Jay-Z reference here since the Hornets did play Brooklyn. But, I mean, at the end of the day, they end up outscoring them in the third and fourth quarters, and they kind of made it a ball game there. They got it down to, I want to say, 15 there late in the fourth quarter, and it looked like they might have had an outside chance of closing one out. But Brooklyn, again, just built up too much of a lead. Playing from behind, when you trail by 37 in the third quarter on the road, I mean, I don't think that's ever, it's almost impossible to come back from that. I mean, your margin of error is, is basically nothing. And circle back to that second half, I didn't really realize that they had allowed, you know, only 32 points in the second half. They gave up 36 in the first quarter. So I think it was a combination of the defense was still playing really well. I think they were starting to get a little bit more offense going which allowed the defense to get set a little bit more. It was kind of, uh, you know, working, both units were kind of working together. Uh, I think some of it was, you know, like you said, a little bit of letting the foot off the gas. I mean, when you're up 37 points, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just natural. I don't think you're just going to keep gunning it with, you know, 14, 15 minutes left in the game. There's going to be a little bit of tapering off. 
Uh, and I think some of it was just natural leveling, leveling off. You know, Mikhail Bridges started the game 9 of 9. He was not going to hit every single shot from there on out. Um, and just kind of one of those things that it's sort of, I guess, they sort I don't know if coasted is the word, they sort of kind of eased their way into the end of the game. And, you know, the Hornets, I guess, kind of made things maybe a little bit interesting, kind of perked up a little bit, maybe had a couple shots here and there that would have gotten it down to like 12 or 11. And I think Brooklyn would respond with like a three or two at the other end to kind of, you know, end any chances of that. So, yeah, I think ultimately we know it's just getting down by 37 in the third quarter. It's just it's almost impossible to come back, and, and the slow start just really, really made it hard the entire game for Charlotte to get any sort of momentum going playing from behind. From the 304 mark of the third quarter to the 754 mark of the fourth quarter, the Hornets ripped off a 28 to 9 run, but the bad news was of course the damage was already done at that point as the Nets ripped off similar runs of their own there in the first half. I mean, they had a 17 to 7 run to close the second quarter. They had a 32 to 9 run that lasted from the 447 mark of the first frame to the 744 mark of the second stanza and when those numbers start to pile up like that, there's not much you can do in the contest. Again, Brooklyn shoots at the end of the day only 39%, but again, damage was already done there in the first half. Charlotte shoots about 37.5% on the evening. Brooklyn just went cold there in the second half. They shoot at the end of the day not even 28% from beyond the arc. The problem is the Hornets weren't much better. They shot 26.7% from three-point land, and the Nets ended up going to the free throw line a little bit more. They're 18-22 from the stripe, while Charlotte was just 12-15 on the evening. Hornets lost three in a row now after last night's game. It was a 102-86 to final in favor of Brooklyn, and the Hornets are now 20-46 and on the campaign. they got a game coming up tomorrow against New York. We'll have your game preview for that there on tomorrow's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, of course, but in the meantime, still two more segments to go on today's edition of the HHC. Our silver lining picks come your way right after this here on the Hornets Hivecast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. 
Rob Longo and Sam Burley on this edition of the HHC, as always presented by Senta. Sam, time now for our silver lining performances. Despite it being a season low scoring-wise for the Hornets with those 86 points, previous scoring low was just 88 in Chicago at the beginning of November against the Bulls, where the Hornets did not shoot the ball very well in that game either. But at the end of the day, there still are some silver lining performances. Kelly Oubre finishes with a team-high 17 points. Terry Rozier has 16 points, 9 of those coming in the third quarter. Gordon Hayward was also in double figures, and Mark Williams finished with a double-double as well. Dennis Stitt Jr. had 15 points off the bench. Those are some of the nominees for the silver lining performances that we have lined up today, potentially, of course. And as always, the guest of honor, I will let you go first. Who is your silver lining performer from last night's game? My guy's going to be Mark Williams. Like you said, 10 points, 14 rebounds, double-double. It's the seventh of the season, four in the last five games. Uh, shot efficiently, it was five of eight. Did see his 11-game streak of recording at least one block come to an end, but it felt like his rim protection was really good. He was alternating a lot of shots down in the paint. Uh, also had a steal in there, wasn't in any sort of foul trouble. Like, a really good, solid, clean performance from Mark Williams. And the team was plus seven when he was on the court in about 24 and a half minutes. To be plus seven in a game, you lose by, I want to say, 16 points. I mean, that's the team played really, really well when he was out on the floor, too. So, uh, the Hornets did go small a little bit more in the second half with P.J. at center. I don't know if that was to try and get the offense going a little bit more, space the floor a bit, and get the ball moving. But I thought Mark was really, really good last night, and it's just been you know steady, solid performances night in and night out ever since he moved into the starting lineup recently. Dennis Smith Jr. slides it to Mark Williams, who rises and throws it down on top of Nick Claxton. There's a fan behind the backboard who's probably a Brooklyn fan, I'm just assuming, and he had his hands over his head like, what did I just see? Mark has been anything less than consistent over the last week and a half, two weeks, ever since the trade deadline, really. In that starting role, he has seven career double-doubles now. Six of those have come in 10 career starts, so Mark Williams just continues to dazzle. Again, the 15th overall pick out of Duke. He's been everything you've wanted from a big man and more, which is again has been a weakness, if you will, with this franchise for the last couple of seasons. And then, of course, this season was an influx between Mason Plumlee before he was traded, Mark Williams, and now Nick Richards, of course, in there as well. So center position, very young, but very, very bright moving forward for the Hornets, of course. For me, my top performer from last night's game, my silver lining pick, if you will, I'm going to go with Dennis Smith Jr., now Dennis Smith Jr. picks the pocket of the Nets, goes coast to coast, gets a lay-in. This is a 19-2 run for the Hornets, and Jacques Vaughn wants to put an end to it quick. He calls for timeout. DSJ comes off the bench. He drops 15 points, 6-14 of 14 from the field, only 1-6 of six beyond the arc, but the three-point shooting just hasn't been there this season for DSJ. It's, of course, been more of his defense that's been the calling card for Dennis Smith Jr. this season. 2-3 of three at the free-throw line, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 block, and a steal as well. He's been pressed in that more action, for lack of a better term. He's been asked to do a lot more ever since LaMelo Ball went out with that season-ending surgery on his ankle. And kind of makes sense, obviously, based off of the roster construction. You have guys like Bryce McGallans, Dennis Jr., of course. Those kind of guys are going to need to produce moving forward. It's kind of a no-brainer. It's like saying that the guy that scores the most points is going to be the best player out there for that any given night. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that DSJ's being asked to do a lot more than what was initially asked of him prior to when the season started. I think when the season started, it was more of like, a, all right, you're going to come off the bench, you're going to be that kind of that third option at the guard position, maybe even the fourth option, because we didn't really know what was going on with Cody Martin at that point prior to the season. Of course, unfortunately, we haven't seen Cody really at all this year. So it's been Dennis Smith that's had to be the guy coming off the bench saying, all right, 
I'm going to give you some defense. I'm going to run the second unit at the point if there's foul trouble or injuries, what have you. So, Again, I think the fact that Dennis Smith Jr. has kind of taken his role and it's been shifted multiple times this year that he's starting to get used to it. And again, I, the, the bench play last night, at least scoring-wise, got off to a very, very bad start. The bench combined was 0-7 for 7 from the field in the first quarter. They were able to turn it up a little bit, at least, at least DSJ was, with those 27 minutes out there on the floor. And he was kind of the general out there leading the offense during that comeback attempt that they had in the third and fourth quarters. So Dennis Smith Jr. is my silver lining performance from last night's game. So between DSJ and Mark Williams, I don't think we can go wrong with either of those picks, Sam. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the thing with Dennis, too, right now is, uh, Lamelo's injury just has a little bit of a trickle down effect in the ro- effect in the roster because Kelly, who's been your off the bench primary score guy, is now moved into the starting lineup. There's just limitations with the offensive creation now coming off the bench, um, and it's up to guys like Dennis to kind of set the table for everybody, get to the rim, you know, get to the line, which is something he's done a really good job of lately, putting pressure on the rim, distributing. The Hornets are asking a lot for him, but I think he's up for the challenge. You know, defensively, that was kind of his calling card at the start of the season when you know, the roster looked a little bit different, and now that things have changed and, you know, there's different lineups and different rotations, I mean, offense is going to be, have to be something that he continues to give the Hornets, just given the limitations and the depth depth issues right now. So uh, I really like how he's played. I think he's been aggressive, and I think he's showing that he's have found ways to impact the game, not just only on the defensive side, but also on the offensive side as well. Again, Hornets fall last night 102-86. to Have a chance to snap a three-game skid tomorrow at the world's most famous arena at Madison Square Garden. Tip time at 7.30 along the Hornets Radio Network. Of course, Sam Farber will have the call handle the studio duties of that one for you as well as the Hornets look to turn the page after last night's loss. One more segment still to go, though, on today's edition of the HHC. we got to talk about the offense and where it goes moving forward right after this on the Hornets Hivecast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Rob Longo and Sam Purley of Hornets.com putting a button on this one today. This edition of the Hornets Hivecast, as always, presented by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Hornets. And Sam wanted to touch on the offense. Of course, the Hornets did have that five-game winning streak 
before heading into Wednesday's game against the Phoenix Suns. It was a 105-91 to loss against Phoenix. And then the Hornets turn around and lose to the Orlando Magic, 117-106 to on Friday. And then, of course, last night it ends up being a 102-86 to loss against the Brooklyn Nets up in Brooklyn. So, again, the Hornets have had some struggles here offensively as of late. That's going to happen when you take a guy like LaMelo Ball and not only the fact that he runs your offense, but the fact that he's able to provide so much offense and so much scoring from beyond the arc. And it's going to be difficult to replace all that. Steve Clifford talked about it. I referenced it in the first segment about what the offense is going to have to look like moving forward and what it's going to be at least production-wise, it is nice that you get a guy back like Kelly Oubre who, before he injured his hand, or I guess he was playing with an injured hand the entire season, before he had surgery on that hand, he was averaging close to 21 points per game. So, again, it's been one of those things that you can't really do a whole lot about because, I mean, it is what it is, and the injuries are what they are, and I know we've talked about that several times here, basically the entire season, but at the end of the day, the offense is going to have to come from somebody, you can't just expect to score 86 points, 91 points, 106 points, and expect to win every night. So the offense has to have something moving forward. And after the game, P.J. Washington talked about what needs to happen on the offensive side of the floor moving forward without LaMelo Ball. Obviously, LaMelo is a generational player, so it's hard uh, missing a guy like that. So we got to try to find ways to get everybody involved, pass, move, and uh, cut better offensively. So those are things you're going to work on tomorrow in practice. So going forward, I'm excited about it. Sam, it sounds a lot easier said than done. It is the NBA, after all. Everybody's the best athlete out there on the floor, or at least it seems like it. And Brooklyn was no exception yesterday. It seemed like Mikael Bridges was making everything imaginable for the Nets. So when you take a look around the league and you take a look at some other teams and what they have offensively and then what it is now compared to the Hornets, it's almost like it's not fair. And I'm not trying to say woe is us or anything like that. It's just the fact of the matter. When you have a guy that is an all-star and is your point guard who runs the offense, you're going to see offensive struggles, and we've seen that over the last three games ever since LaMelo's been out. Yeah, it's a tough adjustment, and I think it's even tougher right now when you're trying to kind of have to figure this out on the fly. You know, there's no all-star break, or it's not preseason or something where you can really kind of sit down and go through it. Uh, so not only, you know, the challenge is you're not only trying to replace the production of LaMelo, the 23, 24 points, the, the six or seven threes that can really help space the floor. You're having to kind of figure out a whole new style and identity because I know as much as the Hornets want to play up-tempo and they want to play fast, it's so much harder to do when you don't have the guy that makes everything run. And it's almost like you're, you're, you're pulling out the, you know, the bottom like Jenga piece in the, in the Jenga tower and just everything is just trying to kind of hold on. And that's kind of what it feels like right now. I mean, he's kind of the, the guy that makes everything go. And that's not a knock at anybody else or anybody on the roster. I mean, everyone's got their strengths that they bring to the table. But when you build an offense around one guy and that guy isn't there, it's hard to replace him, not only his production, but just everything he can do in terms of generating open looks, pushing tempo, spacing the floor. I think it's great they got P.J. Washington back. I think that's going to really help get the three-point shooting going a little bit. I know he didn't shoot particularly well last night, but given he was off for seven or eight, nine days, I think that's to be a little bit expected. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a challenge, and I think it's you've got to kind of find that line between how much do you stick with the kind of identity that you've established this year as this fast, high-paced tempo or how much do you have to kind of pivot to slowing it down to a little bit more of a half-court setting and, and things like that. But, you know, do you really want to get too far away from what you are, but 
you know, what you are isn't always the easiest thing now that you don't have the main guy. And, you know, I thought last night was even more challenging. Just they just didn't generate a lot of turnovers against the Nets. I mean, that's something they've been really good at getting takeaways and scoring points off takeaways. Uh, I think Brooklyn had one turnover at halftime or something like that. So and with for no points to the Hornets, I mean, they just didn't score a lot on the fast break to get the offense going early. And sometimes that really helps kind of get off to the right foot so yeah it's there's no way I mean I think we're both kind of on the same page it's going to be a challenge it's a challenge to figure out on the fly and it's just going to have to be a collective effort and you might have to play a little bit slower so you can generate better looks get the ball moving a little bit more avoid these early shot clock contested shots that where there's only one or two passes per possession it felt like it was a little bit too much of that last night but yeah gonna have to figure it out you know it's, it's kind of the hand they've been dealt right now and you just go forward and you got to get creative a little bit. Just kind of stole my thunder a little bit there. I was going to bring up the return of PJ Washington. First action we saw him after missing the last four games last night. Here's what PJ had to say about coming back after that sprained foot injury. I feel good, uh, especially by, uh, being back on the court. Uh, everything felt good out there, moving, running, cutting. So I'm excited. Uh, a little sore right now, but that's expected. So I'm good. Not to get too much into the X's and O's here, Sam, but one of the things that stood out to me in last night's game is the fact that Nick Richards did not really play in the second half. I don't even know if he saw the floor in the second half. And that was more of a matchup thing with the Brooklyn Nets because, again, outside of Nick Claxton, there's not a whole lot of size on that Nets team, at least at the center position. So they play a little bit smaller, and the Hornets tried to match that in last night's game, especially there in the second half. You saw P.J. Washington play a little bit more at the five. Yeah, we saw a lot of Mark Williams there as well, but even when P.J. plays the four, which I feel like is his more natural position, but of course, over the course of his career, we've seen him as a stretch five as well. He just spaces the floor so much better. He's that guy that's so reliable from three that, like you mentioned, the three-point shot wasn't there really last night. It was there at the beginning. He was two or three from beyond the arc to start the game and then kind of faltered there in the second half. Maybe just got a little bit tired, just not used to game speed and that sort of thing coming back from that foot injury. But at the end of the day, I think we're kind of aligned like you talked about with that fact that with P.J. Washington returning to the starting lineup, it's going to help ease the offense a little bit more. And that's not a knock on J.T. Thor, who started in his absence. Yeah, the scoring wasn't there for J.T., but that's not what he's asked to do on this team. He's not asked to go out there and shoot the ball 10, 15 times and score 10 to 12 points. That's just not his game. His game right now is to play defense, use his length on the defensive floor, and create deflections, grab rebounds, and finish at the rim, and occasionally hit a three-point shot here or there. So I think the fact that you have P.J. Washington returning is certainly more important for this team, at least offensively, moving forward. Yeah, for sure. Before P.J. got hurt in that Minnesota game, uh, which was, I think, two Fridays ago. So it was right at the end of that. Set out four games. His games before that, he had 20 in Minnesota, 22 against San Antonio, 22 against Atlanta, 22 against Denver, 17 against Boston, 20 against Washington. So he's been, you know, was on a nice little stretch kind of going into the all-star break and then coming out before the you know injury that sidelined him for a few games. And I think, yeah, like we said, you know, when you sit out a few games like that, it's going to take a little bit to get your shot back. He did start two of two last night from three point, but as soon as kind of the rest of the offense started to dry, it seemed like, you know, PJ got hit with it too. So I, I think he'll round back into form. I mean, he hasn't missed that many games this year. I think he's missed only a handful during this recent injury. And, you know, anytime he's kind of gone through a slump or anything like that, which I'm not saying last night is a slump. I'm not suggesting that because it's only been one game coming back from injury. But he's found ways to kind of find that rhythm pretty quickly. So 
I think that'll really, really help. When you've got guys on the floor that the more three pointers you can, three point shooters you have out there, more guys that can kind of space the floor. Uh, obviously, the better it's going to be from the offense. And I think it'll be interesting. I know, you know, Steve Clifford wants to use Mark Williams and Nick Richards as much as possible. Young centers get them minutes. But I'd be interested to see how much he incorporates PJ Washington into a small ball five role uh, for the rest of the season to kind of help the offense as much as possible and kind of get, you know, play a little bit more five out. Uh, I think we saw it in that Minnesota game, but I think it was more because of foul trouble uh, when it was like Kai and JT or I forget who it was. Some and Nick Richards were all kind of in foul trouble. Mark, I think it was Mark and Nick were in foul trouble and he had to use PJ at the five too. So uh, certainly something that, you know, Steve Clifford could utilize more and more uh, as we play this final month and, you know, week or so of the season. Hornets have a chance to right the ship tomorrow night against the New York Knicks. Of course, the Knicks, one of the hottest teams in the association as of late, so should be a good challenge for this young Hornets team. We'll have your game preview of that one coming up tomorrow. In the meantime, thank you so much to Mr. Purley for joining me here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Thanks to all of you for listening as well. We'll talk to you tomorrow once again here on a Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.